everybody, it's your boy Pagan Tech, and we are here with another session of Roundtable of Fools. We got some people that are in income poops, some are idiots, and tonight we have Green Bear, we have Tommy, we have Jerry Formal, and we plan on talking about music that was most impactful to our lives, along with our usual ramblings. So drop a follow for this channel, and a subscribe if that function's working for you. That'll get you a chance to see when I come online and stream as I never know when I can, due to life and the dying video card that I have. Now, the host of our show, Tommy. Well, thank, you. Uh, thank you very much. Anyway, how's everybody doing? This is, uh, this is Tom, variously known as Tom, Tommy, Tommy K, Tommy Scott, Hoser on occasion, Knob sometimes, depending on who's, you know, addressing me. Uh, hope Short everybody's... Chip. Yeah, well, that too, Dwarf. Um, <clears throat> hope everybody's had a great week and had a great last week. The show last week was pretty darn good, if I do say so myself. We had a good time with that. And uh, more of the same for this week. Uh, I say I think we're all still uh, digging this whole thing. I know I am. And I'm, I'm sure I bugged these other three guys to death during the week, asking questions, pushing and prodding, and asking all sorts of stuff. So um, you'll have to... Uh, You'll have to forgive me for that, but I'm, I'm quite excited about this whole endeavor. But anyway, uh, but enough about me. Uh, let us do, uh, let me see, I think uh, Pegatech did a plug. I think Jerry does not have a plug this week again, is that correct? I, yeah, I don't. Again, the uh, Discord server that I'm in for the server, it's been completely yeah. just dead silent all week, so. All right. Still got nothing. Well, there's only so much you can do. It's not like you can go over there and kick the guy in the pants to get him to do what he needs to do, so. No. Wish I could though. <laughs> yeah. Although I have to, I do have to say that Jerry Formal did uh, get a snazzy new set of headphones. Yes, I did. <laughs> Is snazzy the word we're going to go with? If well, you want to call it that, sure. I, I, <laughs> I, I think they're, I think they're pretty snazzy. Okay. I was, I, I'll be honest with you. I was on the fence about the cat ears at first, but I kind of like them. Yeah, I think they're like the shade of the set, the color. Uh, yeah, you would actually. Yeah, and those are Shocking. those are razors. So it's it's like I think they call that. I think they actually call that green razor green or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a shockingly <laughs> green color. But anyway. I think it matches Green's hat. It's pretty darn close. If it doesn't, yeah, I, mean, I think it's closer to the beard myself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and the cat ears just set the whole thing off. So you know. Yeah. Um. All right. So uh, that being said, Green, would you like to plug your Twitch channel and or anything else? Let's see here. As I'm plugging my mouth with gelato. Gelato. Pardon us. Oh my. Um, I have had. Please I'll go get into it right, this sir. A little bit later on, but I've had a. I've had a rough <laughs> past week. Actually, past rough past few weeks. I'm hoping to start streaming regularly. Regularly again. Uh, this coming Monday at a. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash the green bear. I think I'm about ready to start dipping my toes into cyberpunk now. Uh, possibly a few other games as well. Uh, there are some things going on with Warframe. That's my pretty much my go-to right now. Uh, cyberpunk. I'm also going to be doing some other cyberpunk genre games. I'm going to be playing the redo of the game Observer, which was one of the final things Rutger Hauer did before he passed away. Ooh, nice. Okay. If you've ever seen Observer, it is a horror-based cyberpunk game. And the new version of it uh, includes a lot of extra footage that was not ready. This is after the game was originally released, uh, Rutger went back and they filmed some additional content for the game. And this is the full, complete entire version of the game. Newer ending, new path, just lots of new shit, and I plan to get into it. Nice. Let me let me stop you right there for one second. Um, for anybody who's played Cyberpunk, have you found the 
Blade Runner. Blade, have you Blade found Runner. the Blade Runner uh, Easter egg in Cyberpunk? No, but I have. Well, I wasn't looking for it. There is a. If you've seen the movie, there is a very obvious Easter egg in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Honestly, I would have been disappointed if there wasn't. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. True, but, but true. there is. So I, it, you can. I mean, if you want to spoil it for yourself, you can look it up online. I saw it on Reddit. Um, I plan on installing and playing Cyberpunk at some point because it is one of my favorite genres. Uh, but I have. I think it's on sale. Actually, I think it's like twenty percent off at the moment or something. So Ooh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I looking at that now. Yeah, yeah. I have to I have to take. I have to give that a look. Um, so, uh, Green Bear, so you're getting back into, uh, game Twitch streaming then, a bit. Or mm-hmm. you're, you're going to soon. Yes, I've been doing a lot of, um, just chatting lately. Mm-hmm. I've been, um, there are a couple of things that I've been doing. I've been, I've been getting back into learning, uh, studying my Japanese. So I've been using, uh, a couple of actual games that help you, uh, reacclimate yourself since I'm going back to the site. It's been over... 20 years since I tried to do anything serious with it. So I'm, it almost feels like I'm starting over. Mm-hmm. So I'm playing this, but it's, it's something that is done in such a way that I can completely relax, take my time and converse with my viewers. Nice. So That's I'm, good. I'm enjoying that, but yeah. I've been craving the return to action. Yes, definitely. Yes. So definitely. Warframe, cyberpunk, um, observer, uh, mainly sticking in the whole cyberpunk genre of gaming. Okay. So, well, right. now, when when I when I eventually buy Cyberpunk, and I will, um, I can't promise you I will stream it anywhere. But as I get to play it, I will definitely uh, give my thoughts about it. Um, just because, like I said, I love that genre. I used to read a lot of um, William Gibson back in the day. Uh, uh, Green and I played Cyberpunk extensively back in the day. Yeah, um, had that campaign going for about. Three years yep. solid. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Oh, dude, we had so much fun. And I've still got all my source books for that game, too, and some character sheets I stumbled across not too long ago. So, anyhow, um, and for all you kids out there, that was like pen and paper RPG, not uh, not computer-based or anything. So OG gaming. Yes. That's OG. right. That's true. That, absolutely yep. right. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Pagan Tech, do you want to plug something before we mosey along on this winding path? Sure, I gave a brief rundown of how you can get in touch with me, but I didn't say where. That would be twitch.tv forward slash pagantech, P-A-G-A-N-T-E-K. And as far as what I'm doing, well, <laughs> not playing video games very successfully, that's for sure. <laughs> so uh, do, uh, do, you, uh, do I understand that you need a new video card or another video card? or what's, Is that what's holding you yeah. up, basically? Uh, basically, um, a lot of the games that I really want to stream, which is like Microsoft Flight Sim or Hi- Cyberpunk, or I think the new Elite Dangerous is using DirectX 11, but I'm not absolutely certain, but Star Citizen does. Yeah. And they have a specific DirectX call that happens into the upper virtual memory of the card itself. And when it does, it fails, the card times out, and the driver thinks the card's been unplugged. Hmm. That's not good. It's extraordinarily tedious because it only happens after like 20, 30 minutes. It's not like immediate crash. Oh, no. It's 
is it going to crash? Oh, maybe it's not. Oh, it crashed. <laughs> yeah. well, exactly. So is the only way that you can fix that is to just get a different video card? I mean, does it have to be a different uh, chipset or what? It's No, I don't think it has to be a different chipset. I would like a different chipset because the AMD 6800 XT is looking pretty fat. That's yeah. definitely a beastly card yes. uh, for the price. I wouldn't mind trying that because I know all of my driver issues happen in the NVIDIA NVDLL driver, a specific NVIDIA driver. So maybe if I don't have NVIDIA on my system, maybe it won't crash that way. Uh, that's the thought. But I do think that my card is old. It's over three years old. And I've used it extensively. I've used it a lot. It also came from the factory overclocked. And there was a couple situations there early on where it got cooked. And I didn't think that there was an issue. I thought the issue was with games, and I got in touch with the manufacturer too late, and they said, sorry. Sucks to be you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's yeah, – uh, so... I, I used to like Zotac. And Zotac makes a good card, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but my experience here recently has been their tech support is really not forgiving. If it's not within the exact specifications of what they design or what they decide, there's no wiggle room. No. Ah. Hmm. What he means, boys and girls, is shitty. Yeah. Yeah, in a manner of speaking. Yeah, you could kind of say that. Well, I mean, if your card's three years old old anyway, it's probably probably time to get another one anyway, quite honestly. Uh, Yeah, Um, it's a 1080 Ti, so it's a beastly card as it is. But it's it's definitely showing its age. Yeah. It's getting long in the tooth, and I just I think that I would have much better success with a new video card, and that should solve all my woes. Woes. Well, yeah. uh, good luck with that. So you're going to save up your nickels and dimes, or thank you, sir. I have the nickels and dimes saved. Nice. Where nice. there's just there's nothing on the market. Yeah, that's true. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Not unless I want to spend uh scalper prices yeah. at three times the the yeah. going msrp and I mean, mortgage my house to get I, i'm not allowed to do that yeah really <laughs> i mean I, I would if if i could but i've been told no so <laughs> yeah that's not a good idea you're not gonna mortgage yeah. the house again no yeah i know who butters my bread <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> all right this is a well no it's not everyone <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not, not at all. Not, not for children. No, no, no. no. Okay, so uh, my thoughts. Yeah, I was just are, talking about food. I mean, what are you talking uh, about? Mine is the gutter. What the hell? Yeah, come on. I know, right? Yeah, it's the butter bread. Yeah, all right. She does do the cooking, so she butters so the bread. Butters, yeah, and that's what it is. She butters bread. <laughs> <laughs> She's dying over here in the corner. It's great. Oh, <laughs> We need to have an isolated Christy cam just to see her reactions to the r- random shit that we talked about. <laughs> oh, the look you got. <laughs> oh, did I get the stink eye? That's one of them. <laughs> okay. Right. Anyhow, um, my, my thought for this week was um, for uh, each one of us in turn to... Oh, I need to plug my own stuff for, for a second. I've completely forgotten about the... Uh, You're for like... Like 10, 15 minutes uh, Yeah, away. I know, right? So, anyhow, let me do that real quick, and then we will get on with it. Uh, so, uh, stnradio.com is where you can find Signal to Noise. Uh, I broadcast on uh, Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Tuesdays is kind of up in the air right now. I've got another DJ who is officially signed on earlier this evening. Uh, so, he's going to do a two-hour uh, show uh, once a week. He's basically just going to record it to MP3, edit it together, and then ship it to me, which is a load off of me because you know, it makes it really easy on me. So, I got to do is 
hit play, make music. So uh, I may I may air his show Tuesday night. So I haven't quite decided where I'm going to fit him in. His show it's it's um, it's all uh, small labels and avant garde type stuff. A lot of it is not really in not really my cup of tea. Uh, some of it's super cool. Some of it I'm just like, mm, but you know, hey, it's uh, you know we're format free, so we can play it all. So you know, the more the more variety we get, the better, as far as I'm concerned. So anyway, Wednesdays, Thursdays, we do this kind of stuff. Uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So uh, you can find the uh, full schedule at stnradio.com. You can also, while I'm broadcasting, you can also listen to the show there. There's an FAQ in there. There's a link to where you can donate money. Hint, hint, hint. Um, and <laughs> do this. Do, do this. this, everybody. Do, do this. It. Do it. Do it now. Subliminal message, eh? <laughs> Give, me Give me money. Donate. Do donate. <laughs> oh, and I've been doing. Uh, I've been doing uh, money. money. I did some graphics for uh, Wind Up uh, Wind Up Creations. I just a couple of very basic things. I threw it into uh, Discord. So you know, it's it's always it's always fun over here. Yeah. So stnradio.com. That's me. Uh, and it's uh, music. It's format free. Uh, it's not 24 hours yet, but I'm working on it. So anyhow, now with the introductions out of the way, so uh, we'll just stick on the uh, on the subject of music. So uh, essentially, what I what I want is for each of us in turn, and I, I'll go. Either first or last, I really don't care. Either a song or an album, or maybe a couple of albums, or maybe an era of music from a particular artist or whatnot that really had a profound effect on on you personally, or a maybe a group of people you hung out with, or so you know, like maybe a song that just triggers a specific memory or a specific set of memories that even 20 or 30 years on you still vividly remember oh i remember we were listening to this song when this happened and we were doing this or whatnot actually i'm going to be greedy i will start and the reason i bring this up is because i've been trying to bring it up for the last couple weeks and and never was able to sort of shoehorn it in so i'm gonna i'm not gonna shoehorn it in i'm gonna set it right down in front of everybody so one of the one of the things that comes immediately to my mind is uh, the Ozzy Osbourne album, uh, No Rest for the Wicked. Green and I, when we first started hanging out, we would play that record a lot. Because, well, first of all, it's just a fantastic fucking album. It's Ozzy's seventh release, solo release, something like that. Fifth, sixth, seventh. It was in the early, that was early 90s, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe late 80s, actually. I probably late eighties. I probably should have looked this up before opening my mouth. But anyway, you know, <laughs> research. Fah! Anyway, but yeah, one of the and and any time I hear any song off of that album, I immediately think of uh, hanging out at your well, your grandma's house. We we were playing it. I think we played it. Did she had? Did she not have like a big console stereo? Or am I um, am I misremembering that? She there was a stereo of some sort there. Now, I had one in the dining room, which is where the big table was, where we used to play D&D and Marvel and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, at that time, I think it was actually, it was just after she had passed. So mm-hmm. this would have been 90. Okay. That I got it. That I got the album. Um, and we were actually listening to the vinyl, to the LP. Yeah. And I, I, had, I had one of those ugly-ass cheap stereos from the 70s, where it was just two block speakers and the turntable, and that was about it. But we played the hell out of that thing. Yeah, we did. Remember we, uh, 
discovered a, a backward a backward track on one of on one of the songs. There was I was a... just going to say that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Your mother sells whelps in Harlem. 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 <laughs> it made no sense whatsoever because, uh, yeah, 1988 is when it came out. The year I graduated, so 1988. So yeah, I'm trying to. We kept what... actually turning that that LP backwards. <laughs> we were trying. We were looking for backmasking. Yeah. We found it. Yeah. But it makes no fucking sense. Right. Uh, it was blood. I think it's the beginning of Bloodbath in Paradise, which is, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the first track on the second side. Because at the beginning, there's there's this weird music, and you hear and it's all echoey and stuff, and we're like, wait a minute, what the hell? So we stopped it, you put your finger on there, and turn it backwards slowly, which is horrible for the needle and the record, might I say, but anyway. Your mother sells whelps in Harlem, Harlem. And we're like, well, we found Whatever. it. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> we... we... Your mother sells yeah. in yeah. but it, the closest we could we could find or we could figure out was your mother sells whelps puppies in Harlem or Arlen or yeah. wherever. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like Harlem. Arlen, so, Arlen, Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, really. Denton, the home of happiness. Anyway, anytime I hear any or or I play it on the station, anytime I hear any song off of that record, I'm immediately taken back to. Hanging out with you at your grandmother's house, and we were just said we 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 would just uh, we just played the hell out of that record, honestly. You actually were one of the first people to really bring it up to me that I I'd heard about Ozzy's interactions with the religious community, mm-hmm. yeah. But this was the first time that I had actually heard a an actual song specifically about a particular person, Miracle Man. Yeah, Miracle Man. Yeah, it's about uh, and, Jimmy Swaggart, right? No, not uh, I think Jim, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. But so anyway, anyway, Miracle Man. Yes, Miracle Man. Tim and Jam, uh, J- Tim and Jammy. <laughs> Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. Yeah, because the line is now Jimmy. He got busted. He got busted with his pants with down. His pants down. Yep. Self-righteous yep. clown. Yep. So yeah, so that was that's one of the first things when I thought of this. Uh, well, I thought of this record, and in, in conjunction with you, and uh, one of our previous conversations and i tried to wedge it in there and there just wasn't really a time for us I was like ah i'll bring it up later so i said wait a minute this can be a whole topic so now it is so so who would like to take the next round i'll go okay go i have two distinct pieces of music that would forever change my life okay um i was raised in alaska born and raised in alaska and my last six years there well my entire growing up there but specifically the last six years there i was associated with a militant pentecostal school we were burning books we were burning records we were yeah uh motley crew was satanic um duran duran was satanic that's how bad it was was (laughs) yeah yes that's insane anyway it was even they we had fires where we chucked albums in there and yeah it was just really bad so i had very small and select type of music which was religious chuck wagon style music and Um, that's about it (laughs) and then i went into the navy and the world yes it did i i was hearing music i'd never heard before so the first most impactful thing uh that i heard was enigma MCMXC album. Yep. That was mind blowing. The beat, 
was it was regular like a heartbeat and you could feel that entire song it just it it sung to me it was beautiful and i was in i got transferred to the ship uh to the battleship and on the way there we stopped at a, a little place uh, called Bahrain and in Bahrain they had a souk which was the outdoor mall and that's where everybody sold everything that was counterfeit that was there and they had the Enigma album on tape. Somebody had written on there in pen <laughs> what it was. It was three ninety nine. I bought that and I listened to it so much I wore the tape out. Nice. Several times a day, yeah. going to sleep while I was working, uh, waxing the deck, uh, stripping it, doing whatever. That was what I was playing. It's pretty much the only piece of music that I had, that whole album. I loved it. It's phenomenal. Got out of the Navy, came down here, met Christy, and got married. That We were sleeping at night. Well, I would play it at night, and there's one track on there that uh, would give her nightmares. So we kind of stopped listening mm -hmm. to it. But it's yeah. still one of my very near and dear pieces of music. And that kind of opened me up to uh, an alternative form of music rather than uh, here's your big band, or your, your pop 40s, and then here's your entire repertoire of gospel music that you have in your head right. <laughs> already. Right, right, right. This was something unique. Mm -hmm. I've never heard anything like this before. So well, I would consider that one of the most impactful pieces of – or the most impactful albums. Honestly, before the, the – the, the artist's name is Michael Cretu, C-R-E-T-U, -E I believe is how you pronounce it. He's put out a bunch of stuff since then. But, I mean, that's where everybody heard him first. He just called himself Enigma. He recorded all this music, and it just blew up. I mean, you know yeah. – and then, and then there was a period of time after after that blew up that uh, Gregorian chants got big too, oddly, because that's Gregorian chanting that's that he placed over, yeah. you know, over top of the uh, I don't say dance beats, but essentially that's what they are. Um, yeah. So but, uh, trance, trance yeah, house, trance. Yep, that'd be a good way to put it. House. Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, you were not unique in that because uh, that, like, nobody had ever heard anything like that before. People had heard Gregorian chants, people had heard dance music, but he was the first one to go, "Hey, wait a minute, you know what? Let's push these two things together and see what happens." And it was, it was huge. Yeah, something totally different. Yeah, I think I've got the tape in the other room, and I've definitely got all of his CDs in the other room. Yeah, I've got it on my phone. Uh, I also oh, have. Yeah. I made a mix that took that song. Combined it with the last song on the album, uh, "Rivers of Belief," and merged it into like a twenty-minute super mix, nice. and it just weaves and it's really nice. Um, maybe someday I'll post it up in in the uh, on the server and and let you take a listen. Oh to yeah, it. that'd be awesome. Well, now I don't know if you guys remember a movie called Sliver. It had Sharon Stone in it. She was living in this mm -hmm. yeah. big, a tall apartment building that they called the Sliver. Uh, but there was some. Um, there was uh, Enigma had uh, contributed uh, a couple of original songs to the soundtrack. The movie was atrocious, but I, really the only <laughs> reason I wanted to see the movie because I knew there was Enigma music in there, and I have this, I have the um, soundtrack over there in, in the in oh the wow yeah up there yeah yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, they, he may have put that out on like a greatest hits compilation or something. But I mean, I think there's at least one. I think I ended up buying that there. as a single. Just the. Yeah, that just the song itself. I think I bought that as an extended single, yeah. a, a single max or whatever it was called. It was like yeah. two tracks on one side, to maxi single, yeah. something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah maxi single. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. And then they had singles, yeah. which was a cassette with one or two songs on both sides. Sometimes they had the yeah, same song yeah. on both sides. Yeah, which was kind of weird. 
Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, that's uh, a good one. Yeah, that was about the same time. Uh, so the second most impactful piece of music for me, while I was in right, uh, boot camp, and right after I got out of boot camp, I had enough liquid funds, which was everything that I had, any basically, because um, I didn't have any bills. I was in the Navy. <laughs> uh, I had enough money to buy an Amiga. And I got, I want to say it was the 500, and then I got the expansion, the 512K expansion card that what, what bolted onto the side with a flip switch on the back to give it more RAM. On there was a piece of uh, music software that was like the precursor to how we understand MIDI's. It was samples that were archived, and then it played back according to the way that it was programmed. They were called mods, mod files. Very cool little stuff. But this program, you could actually go in and edit them. You would load up your sound bank, and then it would play whatever you had. And on there was a transposed piece of sheet music, and it would play in the sheet music. You'd see the notes as it go through. Oh, yeah. It was Box Fugue in G minor. Very weird little piece, but it was one of the only pieces of software I had. So I sat down, and I played it and listened to it, and I found out that this particular piece of music had the same note structure that started at the beginning, and he played it over and over and over again, ups, upscaled, downscaled, sw uh, backwards, upside down. It, it was the same note structure, and it was so mathematically precisely placed in the song, it sounded gorgeous. And each piece would repeat itself, and then it would drop down into a different octave, and it would play itself in a slightly different key, and it would just start weaving amongst itself. And watching this change from music to math to music in real time opened my eyes to classical music and the appreciation of classical music. Not just, oh, this is kind of neat, I'm listening to this, oh, violin's cool. Now I'm actually starting to see the math, see the structure of the entire piece and the way the different pieces of the orchestra fit in to create this entire ensemble where all these different pieces are playing. And I can hear it when I listen to Mozart. I can hear he has this one particular whole portion of the orchestra plays this piece and then you can hear this going on the bottom and then you have another piece of the orchestra playing this other piece that's in the middle and it just weaves like this as it goes through the entire um, musical piece all these different math pieces start falling into place and listening to it now it's such a far different experience than I did when I was a kid and listening to dad play it in the back on the, on the records it was like Oh, he's playing the classical music again. Oh, jeez, I'm going to go outside, you know, climb a tree or something. No, now it's like I'm actually choosing classical music to listen to. Uh, Paganini, uh, Mozart, Beethoven, Bach is my favorite. Bach is my favorite because his stuff is so mathematical. It's amazing. He wrote a piece that they – he wrote a piece that you can take the entire sheet of music – turn it upside down, and it plays the same. Wow. That's cool. I did not know that. And this is how he does his, his music. It's very mathematically done. And I, I dig, you know, I'm a science nerd, geek, and I love science, and I love math, and this just fits into it because it's tone, music, and math. And I believe, and I kind of think that, that green is kind of the same way, I think that because I can understand the patterns 
of music and feel the patterns of music. That's why I like dubstep. I think Green likes dubstep because he's a percussionist at heart. He is a percussionist that doesn't just use like one or two pieces of percussion. He uses anything that can be beat upon to make music with percussion. And that's how dubstep fits into him because it's all percussion. But it's done in such a patternistic way that this horrible sounds that would, if they were isolated, you'd go like, what is this I'm listening to? Suddenly become patterns, repeating patterns, interwoven patterns, and percussion. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah, no, that's cool. I, I would. I mean, I, I enjoy dubstep to a point, but only from maybe a rhythmic standpoint. Because pretty much anything that has, a, you know, good rhythm, good beat to it, I, you know, I'm kind of a fan of. To be perfectly honest, I'm not a huge classical guy. Uh, my cousin Ryan loves classical music. My uncle Larry loved classical music. I've got plenty of classical music on LP in the other room that I'll play. But for me, it's more background, relaxing, enjoy it from that point of view rather than the nuances of it. I don't get the nuances, I guess, of most classical music. And well, that's if just you, me because if I'm you're not okay. super versed in it. Yeah, if you're okay with it, I will post a, um, a version of the box uh, Fugue in G minor uh, in the Discord channel, and you guys can listen to it. It's only like two and a half minutes long. Sure. It's not very long. Um, and that'll give you a chance to hopefully see or, or feel a little bit of what I was feeling, and just look for that very first initial portion of the music, and look for that throughout the the experience, and see where it pops in, what instrument it pops in, uh, where it's woven into, what uh, what octave it's in, or what chord it's in, and it change chords. And um, I think it'll it, it'll be something different. All right, cool. Yeah, I would love to listen to it. So, uh, Jerry, what do you have to contribute to this? I know you haven't been well. You've been you've been exposed to a lot of different music because of your mom and myself over the years. Uh, so, so what say you? Well, uh, I I can at least say that I'm I'm very thankful that I wasn't. Brought into like a a religious type family or or overly religious at least you know there wasn't any like the gospel music or all of that, but having been raised on the Beatles, Metallica, and all that kind of stuff, I feel like uh, better off is uh, is is a bit more rude to say, but uh, definitely more opening. I think uh, more more open than what others have been exposed to. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we, uh, you know, some some parents will not let their children hear music if it's subject matter they don't like, or if there's swearing in it or whatnot. And we were never that way with with him because, you know, it's just it's music. It is what it is. If the artist throws a fuck in there at some point, he or she wanted it in there. It was in there for a reason. So. You know, that's the piece of music, and that's how it is. So, uh, between his mom and I, like you said, Beatles, uh, Metallica, uh, what what other... Because I know you've obviously picked up on your own band since then, but what other bands yeah. have you picked up from us that you really enjoy? Oh, um... Weezer. <laughs> we, we do like Weezer, actually. Yeah, um... Oh. That's kind of a joke with, with oh. my son. He's like, <laughs> I, 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 I'm never going to get laid because I listen to Weezer. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> Thanks, son. <laughs> <Surprise>. <laughs> uh, um, 
That's really hard, though, honestly. Um, yeah, there's so much. Uh, yeah, there is. Yeah, there's a lot that I've been exposed that I've been exposed to early on that I can't really pinpoint one or two things besides you know Beatles and Metallica and that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, and then you uh, latched onto that band called Sabaton. Oh yes, yeah, I I do love my Sabaton. Yes, yeah. Uh, that really opened up the doors for my love of history. To be honest, like the more well, both ancient and more recent history, yeah. that kind of stuff. But um. Because um, they have this topic uh, of the song they want, but, you know, they don't make up facts or say something else to make it sound good. It's just, they say how it is, and it's, and... So they are creating songs about very specific events in history. Yes, correct. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. That's the way I, I was trying to put it. I just... Okay. Oh, Liver Cromwell, Lord Protector of England, and his warts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they do music. Uh, you know, their their themes run from World War One, World War Two, uh, some of the some ancient of the... battles of uh, the clans of Scotland. I mean, it runs the gamut. Uh, their more recent tracks um, sort of uh, touched on. Their Swedish roots, like back 500 years ago, you know, when they, uh, when the uh, Swedish Royal Guard was brought into existence and that kind of stuff. So that's really cool, I think. Um, they are Swedish. Actually, tomorrow, oh, yeah. uh, actually, uh, as of tomorrow, the 7th, they're releasing a new uh, World War II track, uh, Defense of Moscow. Oh, nice. That'll be okay. interesting, I think. Very cool. Be, be eager, to, eager to listen to that. I will have to check them out. Yeah, you should. Definitely. It's yeah. actually really good. Yeah, and it's 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 metal, but it's it's melodic metal. It's not uh oh, cool. rash or death or anything like that. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Melodic yeah. as in like Nightwish? Uh uh it, Dream yeah. Theater? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Dream yeah. Theater. All right. Or maybe um Marillion? Uh not as familiar with Marillion. Okay. Yes, Nightwish would be a good analog to them. I'm trying to think of somebody else that uh, they, they've got kind of a unique sound. The the, the singer has, has got a unique voice. Oh, like ACT? Well, no. A good voice. That's a unique voice. <laughs> a good voice. <laughs> Let's be clear. Yeah. yeah. See, I like Brian Johnson and Bon Scott for that matter. But, you know, they're not, uh, you know, they're no Jeff Tate or uh, Freddie Mercury. But, yeah, you guys should should, uh, should check them out. I, I, we play at least one, if not two, songs on The Forge every every Sunday. Um, and I've only got the uh, two... I've only got uh, Heroes and uh, Great War, Great I think. Great War, yeah. One of their albums is called The Great War, yeah. But, yeah, they're really good. You guys will probably both enjoy them a lot. I say it's melodic metal. It's not uh, it's not thrash That's or cool. death or screw or anything. So, yeah, yeah, you'd probably dig it. Uh, I'm down for that. Uh, yeah, Green. What? Uh, what? Uh, what? What is? Uh, what is on your mind? What? What is a piece or an album or an era of music that really sort of uh, fires you up or fires off a memory? And it doesn't actually have, necessarily have to be about any of us. It can just be, you know, anything. The first time that I heard a piece of music that just so completely enthralled me, I could not look away. I could not stop listening. I was just rooted in my seat in the theater and my frame of mind. And when it stopped, it was like somebody slapped me. It needed to, I needed more was the musical duel 
at the end of Close Encounters of the Third Kind between the mothership and the scientists. And yeah, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, actually. Yeah, and that's on the uh, that's on the soundtrack album too. I've got the soundtrack in the other room. That's that's a great soundtrack. That that entire album, all of it. That was the first movie I got to go see uh, without my parents, without an adult coming along. Hmm. It was me and a couple of friends went to see it, and I'm sure they just thought, "Ooh, it's a UFO movie." UFOs did, did and still do interest me, but that scene, that duel, that duet just absolutely dominated me for years. That was the first. But the one actual album that, well, there were, there were two, Sacred Heart by Dio. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was one of the first albums I ever heard where there was clearly and distinctly a spirituality to the music behind it. Mm-hmm. That I resonated with, but the first full album that impacted who I am as a person gets a lot of hate or gets a lot of love. And that is an album by Kiss called The Elder. That entire album is a spiritual allegory. Very beginning opening notes to the dialogue at the end. And it is a it is about someone who like um Simba is more then they have allowed themselves to believe are. And in throughout the entire album, the this character, we don't know who he is, he's just called the boy, encounters these different stumbling blocks, these different phases of things, people, and comes out through at the end, realizing that he doesn't need your bullshit. He doesn't need your mind control. He doesn't need your crap. He just has to have the nerve and the courage to believe in himself and to stand on his own merits. And those were two big things that for me have defined. I don't like, like when I play city of heroes, for example, I refuse to make a copycat character. I am not going to make my, my own Wolverine. I'm going to make my own character that stands completely on his own. Right. Cause there my already is a Wolverine. Right. My creativity has never failed me. My, personal like such as that have never failed i've always had 120 percent uh belief and confidence going back to you and um no rest for the wicked that was also about the time i finally got my hands on the soundtrack to the original tron i know we played that i don't remember if you listened to it or not. I, I didn't know if you were interested in it. but uh tron the, the movie uh the music of wendy carlos uh really effective i think that was oh when the, um, the space shuttle tragedy happened, the first one, the Challenger, that was the first time I had ever seen or heard of Jean-Michel Jarre. Jarre's music, in the same way that the duel from Close Encounters haunted, so did Jarre's music. And then when I first saw him in concert and I began to really get into his music and what he was doing, he was the first magi- musician. I saw an early interview with him. Oh, and by the way, he's much older than I realized. That dude was, had already released his first two albums before I was born. Wow. And he's still releasing new music. Where did you see him in concert, by the way? Oh, it was video. I didn't actually oh, oh, go. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Um, what I did see was when the Challenger happened, he was friends with Ron McNair. And on that, on the, on the Challenger mission, Ron was going to be playing a, a saxophone. And that saxophone... Uh, was going to be used on Jar's next album, Rendezvous. 
that would have been the first music musical instrument played and recorded in space. In space yeah. Oh. And then, of course, the, the shuttle happened. Jar came to the States for the funeral. Did not realize he even had a fan base in the U.S. until he got off the plane and it was mobbed by the fans. Wow. Ooh. That moved him so much that that is the reason why he put on the concert in Houston. was in memory of his friend Ron McNair, who died in the shuttle. Nice. Jar, in an interview, said something to me that was very profound. And I, I sort of kind of... Uh, I, I took piano for several years as a child, and I had already sort of kind of looked at this, and I think this is the percussionist. In Jar said he does not look at music as sound. He looks at sound as music. There is a piece he did on the album Zoolocology, where he recorded rocks of different sizes dropping into water, found where they fit on the musical scale, and played a song of dropping water. Cool. That's not what it was called, but yeah. all the all the keys were just people dropping rocks in water, and it was amazing. Those are my most profound memories that just really changed me. That really affected me, both as a musician yeah. and an artist. Well, I've got a, a couple of uh, well, like for example, anytime I hear something off of the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, that immediately takes me back to. 77 or 78 when it came out uh, because my parents, they liked disco. I, they didn't dance, I don't think. Or at least my dad didn't. But they liked the music. So that got played a lot in the house. So I, it, it takes me back to then. The very, my very first album that was not given to me by my folks was given to me by my cousin at Christmas of 1983, Quiet Riot Metal Health. And that sort of launched me down that path. So that is always a good... That's, that'll always be a big record for me. 1992, uh, me and four friends went to uh, New Orleans. We went to Mardi Gras that year. And, I remember that. Yeah, we played. And I actually remember bits and pieces of it. But... <laughs> a wink. Yeah. Um, oh, no. <laughs> we played the hell out of... The first two, uh, it might have been just the first uh, Pearl Jam album called uh, Ten. We just, I mean, love that album. Yeah, I do too. All the way there and all the way back, uh, we just just played the hell out of that record. So any time I think of that record, and I bought that CD because I was, I think I was working at the radio record store at the time. I bought that right when it came out. So that that was a big one. And uh, around the time that Jerry was born, uh, that's when the, uh, Metallica released Some Kind of Monster. Was that the name of the You record? mean the Black Album? Sorry, yeah. no, 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 Some no, no. Album. No, uh, 2003, the name of the album was Saint Anger. Sorry. That's what it was, yeah. Saint yeah. Anger, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not their best work, but there are a couple of standout tracks on there. Some Kind of Monster is my favorite song off of that record, is, is what I was thinking. But I'll always associate, you know around the time that he was born with that record because that was the big sort of metallic thing going on at the time was uh was a uh, saint anger so those are some of just some of the highlights that just uh, like come immediately to mind that uh that really just uh, for me it's more you know it, it music particular music triggers memories for me 
uh, because just because of the way my mind works, I, I, I gloss over a lot of things sometimes. But if I, you know, if, if we if there was a lot of music being played, oh, like here's another example. When we were out at the pit, uh, when I was living out there with all you guys, one of the Guns N' Roses albums, I think it was Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, were just huge at that particular point in time. I associate those two albums, because they came out at the same time, with living out there with you guys. It was it was, it was either that, or it was, like it was around the time I moved out to the pit. Uh, those two albums were huge, and I was listening to them all the time. Of course, working at the record store, there was just, I, you know, I was just getting so much music, like, all the time. But uh, those two albums, uh, in particular, I remember playing a lot. And I associate it with living out of the pit because I think it was during that time. I was either living there or I was in the process of moving out there. And I was spending most of my time out there anyway, regardless of whatever else was going on. I spent a lot of time out there. So. That's also when you started working at uh, Channel Z. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, I interned, you were living at the pit. Yeah, yeah, I interned with Channel Z for like six or eight months. Uh, early, early mornings, dragging ass out there, getting coffee for the DJ and getting the newspaper because, you know, we didn't have computers in the studio. So I had to get the newspapers. They could get the weather forecast for the day, get the news highlights and all that stuff. Green has probably heard this story before, but I'm going to tell it anyway. So I had been an intern for two or three weeks, maybe not long. And uh, the guy, John Jenkins was the, was he, he just called himself John the Morning Guy. But John Jenkins was the DJ's name. I was his. I was his intern. I was his special intern. He he got the we got the record in. Um, Creep. And the name of the song is Creep. Uh, I'm trying to remember who. Did Radiohead. It. Is that Radiohead? Uh, yes, it is Radiohead. Because I'm a creep. I'm a loser. Right. Well, the actual uncensored the, version is nice. <laughs> right. No, that's the radio version. You know, the the, the lyric goes. You're so very special. Well, in the un, in the non-radio version, it's you're so fucking special, right? So we got yeah. this we got this CD in the mail, and he's like, "Oh, we got to get this on the air. This is a new Radiohead." I was like, "Okay." So without looking, yeah, he throws it into the CD player, hits, <laughs> hits play. Now, I, now keep in mind, I had I've I'd been an intern for a couple weeks, maybe, and you know, uh, you know, you're so fucking special, and the 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 uh, the, the color drained out of his face. And he was just like, and he looks at me. He's like, "What am I supposed to do?" I'm like, "What the fuck are you asking me for? I don't. I just get coffee. I don't know." <laughs> and he's like, and he's looking around. I mean, because it was it was probably you know six thirty in the morning, if that. You know, he was like, I, "I guess I'll just let it play." And every time you know the, the thing, you're so fucking special. He was just like, "Oh," because he didn't want to. You don't want to stop it. That's unprofessional. But you know what? We didn't get one phone call. Now, either people wow. heard it and didn't care, or there was nobody listening. <laughs> but he, but he didn't get in trouble with the, with the station management or the FCC, so all was well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, I, I will never, ever forget that. That's another thing, too. When I, when I hear that piece of music, I immediately think of John Jenkins on that morning show. But, um, all right, well, are we uh, well-placed for a break, or does anybody have anything on the, the forefront of their brain that they really need to get out right now? I'm good for a break. We good for a break? Yeah, I think I can do a break. Okay. All right. Well, we shall take a break right here, and we shall be right back. Welcome to Intermission. (laughs) 
Dan and Annette belch. All right, and we're back. Thanks for joining us. And I'm so stoked that you could join us as well. We've had a successful break. I got some ice cream. <laughs> I hope you've had a successful break as well. So, let's get into this. Ice cream. Yeah. Whatever. I have gelato. He scoffs at your ice cream with his gelato. Oh, my. Scoff, 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 bougie. Up until... The day before yesterday, we had some Klondike bars upstairs, but they did not last long, nor did they suffer. So, I have, I have a quick story about about Klondike bars. Okay. When I was living out in California, yeah, a very dear friend of mine, Queen Mary, were working at the, and since he was so much closer, I was I would stay at his place every now and then for like, if it was a night, if it was going to be a long night, and I just didn't want to bother with taking all, all of my makeup or prosthetics off. I'd leave and just go to his place and crash. Well, this one particular morning, got up, got out of makeup, and his, uh, this is my friend um, Bill and John. Bill and I, I had corrupted Bill into video game. (laughs) And much to the chagrin of his husband, who was really big into, he was also a big serious video gamer. He played Second Life, so he was a Real video gamer. Right, right. Bish, please. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, right? <laughs> so, um, they invited me to just hang out for the rest of the day. And John had to go to the grocery store. Well, Bill and I really love Klondike mint, uh, the mint flavor. Mm-hmm. So, on this grocery list, John wrote Klondike mint bar. Okay? John goes to the grocery store. And about maybe 15, 20 minutes later, Bill and I, I think we were playing like Arkham Asylum, and we get a call from John. Now, I'm listening to Bill talk to John, and John's asking him, what the fuck did you write down? Bill's penmanship (laughs) leaves a lot to be desired. (laughs) And they they talked a minute, and John was trying to figure out, what are you talking about? I I told you, I, I wrote it down. He never actually says. So a few minutes later, John comes back and he looks at he looks at me and he looks at the the thing, the list. He looks at John and he looks at me and says, "I want you to read this. What does this say?" And I looked at it and I couldn't figure it out. I didn't know what he'd written. John said, "That looks like Kabibble Meat Bar." <laughs> what the fuck is a Kabibble Meat Bar? It's in the pet food section. (laughs) Right? For the past, uh, since 2011, uh, our our thing is, I I like Kabibble meat bars. Because everyone, what would you do for a Kabibble meat bar? Kabibble meat bar. (laughs) I have um, a similar story, actually. And it's not even actually my story, but um, I say it a lot. So, you guys remember, uh, you guys remember Mike? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. He and his ex. Uh, Go ahead. I'm gonna say, um, Pagan Tech, uh, and Mr. Tommy here were the ones who built me my very first gaming PC. And that's true, actually. Wow. Um, 
I so, will never forget him. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mike and his brother-in-law, who I'm also friends with, were on a trip somewhere. Windows were rolled down. Music's playing. Mike says something to Stephen. Stephen says, "Poop chili hat." <laughs> <laughs> and and Mike was like, "What?" I didn't say poop. He's like, "Yes, you did." They said poop chili hat. So Mike was telling me this story, and I was laughing so hard there were tears squirting down my eyes I was like poop chili so ever since then it's poop chili hat anytime i talk to mike it's it's poop chili hat. and i brought it up to steven and he was just he was roaring he was like because steven does a podcast plug plug steven does a podcast called the hold yeah up, no doubt called the hold up with steven stole the format is basically he and a friend watch a movie that neither of them if either have never ever seen or have not seen in a very long time so they get together for like an hour or two bullshit talk talk about the movie what they think about the movie what they are expecting with the movie what they remember if they've seen it then they watch the movie then they do a second episode where they talk about how the movie held up what you know what parts were great what parts were cringy this and that and the other thing so I was on with Steven one time, and after we had stopped recording, I, I mentioned Poop Chili Hat, and he was he, he just fell out. It, it, was, it was really funny. But um, that's a fun podcast. I don't know if you guys uh, listen to a lot of podcasts, uh, aside from, you know, the Round Table of Fools, of course. Yeah. Did, we, or did you find out what he actually said? No, I never did know, figure out what they, he actually said. No. Poop Chili Hat. Poop Chili Hat, that's what he said. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> that's, what that's what he said. Poop yeah. Chili Hat, yeah. I'm down with that. Yeah, yeah. I know, uh, I know Green has not had the best of weeks this past week. Um, I know uh, Pagan Tech has uh, had, <laughs> had a bit of a car issue. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, I don't mean to laugh at your misery, but it's kind of funny. Are you aware of this, Green? Do you, do you know what? Okay. No, I've been pretty much in my own I world drive. and nowhere else. To pass a world of pain! <laughs> I drive the Volkswagen bus. That is my drive daily driver because the son can't drive a stick, and I'm not going to trust him with my bus. No. So uh, he goes over to his grandma's on Sunday to take care of the yard, and I get this text from her. She says, you need to come over. Your son is having a meltdown. I said, oh, what's going on? And he sends me a text, and he says, oh, fuck. Now, the son doesn't swear. I said, what is wrong because that's the rule don't have a problem with swearing usually got to have a reason to swear if you drop a hammer on your toe and you break your toe a fuck coming out of your face is fine i'm okay with that probably deserves it it just it just walked into the room so i get this i get the this picture of the door of the minivan is crooked and has a big wrinkle in the side of it and so I said, okay, I'm going to go over there. I take a look. And the t- where are you running to? <laughs> <laughs> I take a look and figure out what happened. He has backed up with the door open, hit one of the steel posts that is on the railing, and folds the door backwards to the front of the car, Oops. bends the frame, wrinkles the front corner panel, the door... It's you can't close the door because it's hitting the frame. And Monday morning, we take it to the body shop. He's driving it down the road. You can't close the door. So I'm in the front with the emergency blinkers on 
His grandma's in the back with the emergency blinkers on. He's in the middle driving with the door, with him holding the door like this, because he can't close the door. <laughs> it's It's been a rough week for cars. <laughs> Was it, hey, uh, you're like right a... there, buddy? You're right there, buddy? <laughs> What's this look for? My arm hurt really badly. Oh, I can imagine. It was it was an exercise getting to the shop. <laughs> exercise is right. So, this was a learning experience. Yes. What lesson, did you learn? Lesson learned. Don't be an idiot. There you go. That's number one lesson. Well, I mean, He's that's, got that's it. That's just a general good. Yeah, you know, it's just a, a good rule for life. Quite honestly. Yeah. True. True. What else did you learn? Don't go in reverse Not with the door open. Close the door. Yeah, you go. Close the door when you're driving. Close it. Yeah, just close it. So, so yeah, bad, guys, bad week for cars. You guys know the 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 crew that I used to hang out with all the time, Chris Lee and Stevie and all them. So we came up with three rules of life: don't do shit that isn't cool. Yeah. Never lick your palms. And, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And when fighting the elderly, always shoot for the hip. <laughs> <laughs> Three uh, rules of life. I love Curtis, it. That's good rules. Courtesy good rules. of the Bendovaho tribe. We might have been drunk when we came up with it. I'm not sure. There might have been other things going on. I can't say. I have to plead the fifth on that yeah. part of the story. But anyway. <laughs> uh, I've had a okay a week. Ago. It was a long time ago. Yes. Yes, it was. Many different chemicals ago. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you're talking about, sir. Officially. No, no idea. No, no. But uh, it's been just a, basically a typical work week for me. Like I said, I just uh, out of the blue, um, an, an old an old manager of mine actually from my Ipswich days messaged me over uh, uh, Messenger, and he's like, "Hey, what's going on?" Blah blah blah. We were talking, and I guess he had tuned into uh, STN a couple times. And uh, oh, cool. He's got an a, let's say an eclectic uh, taste in music, and uh, he wants to do a show. He. Uh, used to do a local show he would same thing he's going to do for me he would record an hour or two you know put promos in wherever and you know edit it down and then send it so he's going to do that for me so that's going to be probably he said he's going to do two hours a week and you know once a week basically and i'm fine with that because it gives me more content you know it gives him he he loves music so it gives him something to do you know regarding uh music and I'll I'll have the MP3 and uh, so I can rebroadcast it if I need to. So that's going to be I'm pr- probably I've got an hour from him. I'll probably air that, but I think it's going to the two hour shows are probably going to start next week. The John Peel model is going to be the name of the show. So John Peel was a very famous uh, DJ in the UK, and his uh, thing was um, he would discover all these indie. Uh, bands, all these small bands that nobody had ever heard of, and give them exposure. You know, some really, like, some really good stuff. And he did that for, like, 40 years. And he passed away several years ago. He apparently had a whole other house on his property full of LPs and CDs and tapes throughout the years from people just, you know, submitting music for him to play on his show. Because the show was very influential. Now, we didn't get it over here. The only reason, uh, uh, his name's Michael. The only reason Michael was able to uh, listen to it is obviously because of the internet. 
you know, because he would they would air the shows on one of the BBCs. I don't know which one, but they would air the show on one of the BBCs, and uh, he would he would catch it, you know, on the uh, either on the rebroadcast or I guess on the internet somehow. Um, and he uh, recorded a few of them, and he gave me a couple, and um, I actually have. I don't know, a handful of songs uh, from these just really super obscure uh, UK bands that um, that I'll play every now and then on on the uh, on the radio or on the on the show. Yeah, so uh, his show is going to be starting up. I think I think next week, like in earnest, we'll. Uh, and I'm still sort of tweaking the schedule a little bit too, because I was doing Tuesdays and Wednesdays, but I didn't have anybody listening on Tuesday. Uh, so I think I'm going to just concentrate on Wednesday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but maybe on Tuesdays, maybe I'll play his show on Tuesday or something. I haven't decided yet. You know, maybe I'll rebroadcast his show on Tuesday. I don't know. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna. I think he's gonna start in next week. So I'm, I say I'm still tweaking the schedule a little bit. So, you know, we'll see. I'll always uh, update the uh, website as soon as I can. And uh, I've started, like I said, I've started, you know, producing some graphics for our uh, our our burgeoning network here. So. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I saw the graphics you posted earlier. Yeah. They look really good. And that's well, that uh, key that you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Super simple, but, you know, I say I'm not a I'm not a whiz with, like, Photoshop or anything, but I can do simple stuff. I can make simple logos, and I enjoy doing it, so. Yeah, I'll uh, see if I can take some time during lunch tomorrow and see if I can throw some font work at it. All right, yeah. Likewise. Okay. I meant to do it myself, but been kind of out of sorts the past A little week. out of sorts. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Uh, Just a wee bit. Yeah. Oh, so check this out. There is a, uh, it's the oldest residence in Pennsylvania. Is here in Pittsburgh somewhere. I don't remember the neighborhood. Um, on the National Register of Historic Places, blah, blah, blah. But what they have done is they've refurbished the whole thing and they've turned it into a pub. And they serve, uh, It's I guess it's a Scottish-themed pub. So Scotch eggs, that sort of thing. So uh, us and another couple that we know that live... Uh, not too far from haggis. haggis. They, they may actually do. Ha- I've had haggis before. It's yeah, it's all right. It's yeah, a thing. yeah. I mean, if it's done well, it's it's pretty good. I mean, it's re- it's revolting, but I mean, it, if if it's done right, it tastes good. But um, I mean, tripe's kind of the same way. Yeah, true. But uh, so I'm going to probably throw on a kilt, and I think the four <laughs> of us are going to go over to this pub one of these nights. So that'll be pretty fun. Nice. Hoser, go yes. back to. Um... Or the the part one of this uh, cast talking about um, songs that bring back memories. Okay, yeah. I can say two words, and I'm quite sure these two words will bring back a plethora of memories. All right. Rocky Horror. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I started going to Rocky Horror. When I started going to Rocky Horror, I was 16 because I was working at Winn-Dixie. And Steve would go, and uh, sometimes he'd drag a couple of the other Winn-Dixie people along with him. And Steve and I were getting to be pretty good friends, and he invited me out to this thing. I was like, yeah, sure. And, and of course, my mom, being my mom, was like, oh, Midnight Movie, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, it's like, you know, want to go with Steve? Okay. So I got the, I, as far as I remember, I got the full virgin treatment while I was there uh, for my first time, <laughs> of course. Um, probably doing no small part uh you know the the guy with the green hat there, but uh, I was hooked. I was hooked after that. I mean, it's I've seen it. I don't even know how many times I've seen the movie. To be perfectly honest, and uh, there they show 
Uh, they show Rocky here in Pittsburgh at the Hollywood Theater every, at least they did before the pandemic. I think they're going to start it up again. Every other Saturday, they show Rocky at the Hollywood Theater in uh, the Dormont neighborhood here. And the, oh, name, the, the name of the troupe is, oh, what do they call themselves? I've got it. I, I follow them on Facebook. I don't know. They say they haven't been super active because obviously the theater's been closed down. But anyway, they have their the whole troop there and everything. And have either of you guys seen the movie The Perks of Being a Wallflower? No. No, but I, I haven't. It's a great movie, A. But B, part of the storyline involves the characters. They are in the troop for uh, a troop for the Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? So they're, they're in Rocky in a couple scenes in this movie. It was filmed at the Hollywood Theater here in Pittsburgh because the, the movie takes place in Pittsburgh. Not only oh, wow. that, but a but a a uh, dude I worked with at the time um, was in and still is in the troop, in the Rocky troop, and uh, she at the time was way off in the background, and you know one of the one of the because uh, they they let him in for free, and you know they got to be extras essentially for you know because they all knew the lines and all that stuff, they all knew what to yell. So, um, yeah, it was, that was pretty cool though. And I've gone to see, I've gone over there, you know, a handful of times. I'm not like every, I'm not twice a month or anything, but back when I was going regularly in Augusta, it was every weekend I would do there on a Saturday, wow. Saturday night. I think it was the big night and I would go almost every Saturday if I, if I didn't have to work or something. For years it was Friday and, and Saturday. Saturday. I remember that. Yeah. And oh, I, one of the good things about working at a grocery store is Hmm, I need to get a whole pound of five pound bag of rice or oh look <laughs> at this 15 loaves of bread are going to get thrown out because they're out of date hmm I wonder what we can use those for that yeah. was how I met you was that Rocky Horror yeah 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 I met you Rocky Horror and <laughs> there was a couple of us who were wondering how 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 are people getting so much bread Steve and I would bring in literally grocery bags of expired bread into this thing and just I, I distinctly remember Steve taking the twisty off of one end of a loaf of bread and just <laughs> hucking the whole thing just out of the bag just zhoosh, and just like this oh my god <laughs> I, you know who I feel bad for is the people that had to clean all that shit up when we were done that's who I feel bad for There, towards the end of its run there were a few of us me included that actually would stick around and help because we knew oh, we cool. were making it. Oh, yeah. We well, did. think about it. You got bread all over the place. You got rice all over the place. And you got people shooting water all over the place. Think about that mess. Ooh, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but do you remember, the guy's name was Troy, um, had, he was dressed in a black trench coat. He had a water tank yes. on his back yeah. and had hoses going through the tank and out through his wrists like yeah. Spider-Man web shooting. Wow. And when it was time for the rain, exactly. Yeah. He would stand in the back of the theater and just open up and just spray <laughs> yeah. the entire theater. It was yeah. so much pressure. And it was a tank he made. And he would wear wow. this big black motorcycle helmet. It was just this big <laughs> black figure. He was a big dude, too, as I recall. Yes, yeah. he was a big dude. And I had a, uh, the water gun I had was this, one of those uh, battery operated. It looked like an Uzi. And the clip that you would stick in there was actually the water tank. So you'd stick it in there and, you know, it didn't hold a lot of water, but it looked really cool. So, you know. And this was pre-Super Soaker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. We, uh, 
well, and then uh, I was telling this story not too long ago. One night we were getting ready to go to Rocky, and Steve was like, "Let's go to the other theater tonight." I was like, "Well, why?" He's like, "I want to. I want to watch the Lost Boys." I was like, "Okay." So instead of going to Rocky that night, they were showing midnight showing of the Lost Boys in the other theater. I think it was a it was a three screen or a two. I don't remember. It was a three screen. Three Rocky screen. was always in the middle. Yeah, and that's the other right. Side, they, they they would play like demons on one side to the left often, and then they would play a more or they'd play a, oh, they'd play a horror yeah. movie to the left. Yeah. And the right was always something more poppy. Yeah. Like, well, the one night it, the one night was uh, the Lost Boys. So that's the first time I ever saw the Lost Boys was at the midnight showing. At the Regency Mall Cinemas, so that was cool. Yeah, and I've been a I've been a fan of the Lost Boys ever since. But um, Regency the, Mall, wow, yeah, yeah, was a... <laughs> yeah Regency Mall, yep, yep. The, the it was a little three uh, three cinema uh, theater over there. Yeah. But uh, I wow. the uh, well, and and getting back to music, the soundtrack to the Lost Boys, fantastic. The, the soundtrack for Rocky Horror, mm-hmm. fantastic as well. Awesome, awesome music. And I've actually got an LP. I've got the audience participation album. I've got the stage soundtrack, and I've got the movie soundtrack for Rocky Horror. The, the Rocky Horror Show, and then the Rocky Horror Picture Show was the movie. So, uh, oh, and check this out. Uh, oh, not Tim Curry. Uh, Barry Boswick was at a Steel City Con a while back, and I got his. I got him to autograph the the front of my uh, Rocky Horror uh, Picture Show soundtrack. Very cool. Yeah, I'm jealous. yeah. He was he was a super nice dude too. I mean, he didn't have like hordes of people at his table. He had a he had a you know he had people visiting him, but it wasn't there wasn't the line like say for William Shatner for example, whose autograph oh, God, I got yeah. at the same convention. But uh, but uh, Barry Boswick, he was he was super cool. Somebody somebody brought a huge pair of tidy whities. I mean, they were I mean literally like they were. I don't even know where they you would get a gigantic fucking pair of pants uh, <laughs> like this. A huge pair Adult of tidy world. whities. Yeah, maybe yeah. And uh, and he he happily he he got a huge laugh out of it and signed him signed him for whoever wanted the 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 huge tidy whities signed. But uh, he was he was actually really nice, and he was just sitting there talking to people as he was signing stuff. So, because a lot of those a lot of those celebrities are, you know, I don't know that they don't want to be there, but they're sometimes they're not as personable as as you would think in those situations. Yeah. But he was just hanging out, having a good time, signing, talking to people as they came up. So he was he was that's really cool. Nice. Yeah, he was he was cool. And you know, Shatner, you know, you get like ten seconds with Shatner because he's got fifteen bajillion people lined up to to see him at any convention he goes to. So, you know. And another, uh, and this is something that is, I don't, it, yeah, it's weird to me. So remember back in the day when we started going to conventions seriously, seriously 1987, 1988, 1989, you always had, um, you always had the uh, celebrities behind their table, Celebrity Row or whatever you want to call it. You always had, you know, or they'd go to a particular room and you'd line up and wait, you know, get signatures. You can take pictures with them and all. It didn't cost you any money. You know, you could. They always had their like eight by ten glossies out, to where you could pick up one of those, and they would, you know, give them eight bucks for it, or whatever, and they'd sign it for you, or whatever. Or you could bring like a poster or a magazine or whatever, and have them sign it, and they were always happy to do it. Now, it like costs money to, for them to sign anything, and they, sometimes they will only sign stuff that like, you know, this person's only going to sign this eight by ten. You know, and and it costs X number of dollars, and I don't remember how much I paid for uh, Shatner's autograph, 
but uh, he, he w- it was cool. He would sign basically anything. They weren't just limiting. So I took my special edition Star Trek II soundtrack, uh, and he signed the front of that. And he's like, oh, well, I haven't seen that before. I was like, oh, yeah, it just came out not too long ago. And the vinyl actually, I have to get it. The vinyl actually looks like the Nebula from the movie. They, they did a really cool Oh, vinyl. wow. Yeah, yeah it's, it's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, but yeah, that's one of the things that I've really missed about going about uh, during the pandemic. Now, I'm not going to say that I've been, uh, you know, going to two or three or four conventions a year because I haven't. But like Penzik, uh, which took over for me anyway, from going to Dragon Con because in 2001 was my first Penzik. 2000 was my last Dragon Con because they fall really close together and it's it's just prohibitively expensive for me to do both you know uh so you know uh Penzik is 45 minutes away so that's where i go you know and even when i was living down there i i don't know maybe i just got burned out on doing like the sci-fi fantasy conventions but in any case uh Penzik was canceled last year it's been canceled this year uh dragon con was canceled last year they're still up in the air about it this year uh so but like steel city con we've got they do two or three steel city cons throughout the year here uh they've all been postponed uh you know so i i miss going to and steel city con is it's cool it's the dealer's room is huge and diverse and it's it's a fun convention but it's not the convention like green you are probably thinking like held in a hotel everybody's there They've got, you know, the the dealer's room over here. They've got guests over here. It's all just sort of munged together in a convention center. So they've got, like, the celebrity section. They've got, like, the artist's row. They've got the, you know, the dealer's room. But the dealer's room is sort of the main draw, honestly. Uh, Whereas in, uh, like, southern conventions like we're used to, it's it's more of a whole experience with, um, you know... Obviously, the dealer's room, the artist room, but they also, you know, you got the parties to go to at night. You got the all-night uh, video rooms. You got the all-night anime rooms. And uh, the, all, the all-night anime room is where I discovered, and I think, uh, Green, you did as well, uh, Akira. The first time I saw Akira was at an all-night uh, anime room at uh, probably Fantasy Fair or something. The first time I saw, um, I'm going to be snob here, Akira. Oh, sorry. Was <laughs> You and your Akira and your gelato. That gelato. First time I saw Akira, I think Akira sounds cool. Um, first time I saw Akira was at uh, was at Dragon Con, and I think it was my first one. May have been. And I saw it on in the the main the main projection, the main movie. So I saw it like up on a big oh, screen, right, right. And it was the kind with the different colored subtitles. So like, if it's red, then it's playing in the background. If it's yellow, then that's what the signs say. And if it's white, that's what's oh, being well, spoken. Being spoken, okay, yeah. And that was that was my first real exposure to anime. I think maybe we were at the same one because it wasn't like they had a huge screen at the front. They had all the, it was like in a ballroom almost, but they had it was like a big video room, right? This now, was like like a full movie screen yeah. size. Was that might have been that might have been Dragon Con actually? So do you remember? sitting around waiting for something to happen. I don't know if they were doing the costume contest or maybe we're waiting for a movie to start. I don't remember. But they played Duck Dodger, the Duck Dodgers cartoon. And there were there were several hundred people in this theater, right? Or in this ballroom, I should say. 
And we were waiting around for something to happen. I don't like you say. I don't remember if it was we were waiting for the costume contest to start or they were. I don't know. But anyway, they were like, "Well, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, we're having some trouble. Blah blah blah. We're gonna play a cartoon for you." Well, Duck Dodgers in the twenty fourth and a half century they played right. So we're sitting there and having a good time, and you know, and like, oh, you know, cartoons. You know, uh, Daffy. You know, I know where you're going. Yeah, Daffy. At one point, you know, he says, "Duck Dodgers in the twenty fourth and a half century." And I'll be damned if everybody in that damn place, like three or four hundred people, didn't stand up and shout that at the same time. It was like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> it was awesome, that is yeah. really cool. Oh, it was <laughs> awesome, yeah. It was like, it was just one of those things where you don't get that sort of thing generally in your day to day life. I mean, it was just so cool. Here's, 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 a, here's a, I love when that happens. It's one of the reasons why I like going to big movie releases on opening day if yeah. I can get there. Um, this happened to me uh, when I saw the very first Transformers, uh, the, not the not the animated one, live yeah, one, the baby yeah. movie. There's the scene. I'm, I'm I'm going to end up choking up when I say this. It's the scene where you see where you first see Optimus Prime in his proto form before he becomes the truck. But you see this bipedal figure start to turn away from the camera, and as it happens. Big, uh, the big Peter, the Peterbilt truck runs oh, past it. Rolls by, yeah. yeah, and when it passes, you can see the truck. You can see Optimus forming himself and coming. When that happened, the whole goddamn audience stood up and just went fucking wow. crazy. Wow! <laughs> Except for my friend who I went didn't. He he went had no. All he knew was Transformers was a children's cartoon. So he's probably not going to like it. That was his. That was his opinion. When that happened, the whole theater stood up. His eyes lit up like, like, like silver dollars. They were just huge, and he was just still sitting. Just, and he looked up at me, and with the most serious tone and look on his face, he said, "Please explain to me the significance of what I'm seeing. What just happened?" Yeah. Yeah. And I said, we'll talk about it later. That's why I like going to opening nights, too, because you know that the people that are at that movie, by and large, are fans of whatever the franchise is, and they're into it, and they want to see these things. They are your people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a great exactly. way to put it. Yep. That's one of the reasons I loved going to convention, and I still do. You know, whether it's Penzik or a Dragon Con or even like a Steel City Con, you know that, like you said, those are your people. And I don't want to be a gatekeeper here, and I'm trying my best not to be. But uh, pop culture, like comic book culture and gaming culture, is so widespread now. When we started going, it was not widespread. We were the outcasts. We were the weirdos. We were the outliers, you know. Oh, yeah. And everybody else has caught up with us. And... You know, I, good, bad, and different. I, you know, I don't know. I guess it depends on your point of view. But I like this guy, this dude I work with. He's 23. He was born the year after I got married. So, you know, he's not been around the block much. You know, nice guy. You know, I got nothing bad to say about him. He's, you know, oh, you know, this comic book movie. And he's trying to explain to me all this. Back. I'm like, yeah, dude, I know. I was there. 
I know. I know. And then he tried to talk to me about music. I'm like, all right, you got to sit down. I was there when the magic was written. That's right. (laughs) All right, you got to sit down when we start talking about music because I will be lecturing you from now on about music. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, and again, I don't want to be a gatekeeper about this, and I try my hardest not to be because people like what they like, and that's a good thing. You know, if if it if these things take your mind off of your everyday grind, you know, whatever that grind is, so much the better. You know, I mean, I'm I'm not one to tell people what to like and what not to like. Yeah, I only have one comment on on the whole. People like what they like. Yeah, there's this expression floating around in the same vein: the heart wants what the heart wants. You know what? So does a four year old until a smart mom and dad says, "Get your hand out of the damn cookie jar." <laughs> Yeah. No, you can't True. have cake for breakfast. Right. Yeah, no, that stove point. is hot. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel <laughs> yeah. about that, about things like that. Yeah, I don't mind if I, I'm glad that you've taken interest. You being ostensibly whoever, right? I'm glad that you like this. I don't think you're going to get quite the fulfillment from it in the same way that we did, because at that time that was catered for very specific fans, very specific demographics and people. And now it feels almost water because now it's being catered to everyone. Yeah. Well, just think about this aspect. And I think about this a lot because uh, uh, Patty has a good friend uh, who's also quite young. She's super cool and her husband's super cool, but they're quite young. They're all about the anime. Big into anime. Anime, 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 right? And I've never been a huge anime guy. I mean, I don't dislike it, but I've never really gotten sucked in by it, right? Think about now compared to like let's see say 1990 there wasn't all the streaming there wasn't all the dvds it you, anime was hard to get your hands on you know Black and if you, a lot of times if you did it was a vhs tape that it was a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy and it was grainy and shitty or it was just straight japanese no subtitles or nothing so you just kind of had to make it up you know figure out what was going on you know, there was manga out in the in the comic stores, but there wasn't a lot of it. You know, it was at, manga was hard to find too. You couldn't just go out to you know Walden Books and buy it. You really had to you know dig around for it, or if you knew somebody in Japan, have it shipped over, or if you went to a specialty shop in like New York City, you could maybe find some. You know, but like for Podunk Augusta, Georgia, it just wasn't available unless you went we to had a convention. Exchange. We had book exchange, and that was it. Yeah, and they didn't carry manga back then. No, they carried one or two titles. Yeah. That was all. Right. They, like uh, Battleship Yamato um, and a couple of, uh, like, Bubblegum Crisis. Mm. And that was really about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It was there, but there was not a lot right. of writing. So you really had to see, if you if you got into it, you really had to work. You really had to seek it out, you know. You had to go to the conventions. You had to look in the nooks and crannies of the shops to find this stuff. And now... And again, you know, I guess good for you, but, you know, all this stuff is at your fingertips. You know, you fire up your TV, open up an app, and all the anime you ever want, right there at your fingertips. You know, you go to any bookstore, not even just like a comic store. If you if you have a bookstore, there's going to be, you know, there's the, the manga titles, the it's everywhere, you know. And most of yeah. them are available on your phone. Yeah, well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> Things like Crunchyroll, 
And then even uh, Marvel and DC have got things where you can read all their past comics from all over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just pull it right up. And yeah. Right up on your phone or right up on your tablet. Yep. Right yeah. And I, I must admit, That's true. I envy that. Yeah. Because had that been around when we were that age, I'd have been all about that. Yeah, yeah for sure. There's so yeah. much. I mean, at the time, we're talking 90, the actual original game, going back to Cyberpunk, the original tabletop Cyberpunk actually came out, it was either 88 or 89, but we didn't get it here in Augusta until about 89 or 90. Yeah. And I got the first edition when it came out, and that was in 89. Rather, when it came to Augusta, I got it from the Book Exchange. And then, of course, when uh, Cyberpunk 2020, arguably second edition, came out, you know I was all over that. Yeah, oh yeah. That was the first time I had heard the term Cyberpunk. And it was the first time I'd actually seen an example of what that genre is. And now, over the years, looking back on everything from uh, Akira to even Dirty Pair... Um, oh, dirty pair. They were eleven. So much anime, even even some of their parody, were so cyberpunk. I I, I envy that crowds today can get it so easily. easily I wish yeah. I had that. Oh yeah. I wish oh, I'd yeah. been able to do it at the time. Uh, I, along those same lines, but not quite the same. Let me get your opinion on this. I go around and around about this with people a lot. So the term cosplay, I'm beginning I, I'm beginning to hate it. Because yeah. you have not it, liked it for a long time. No, I haven't. And this is just my opinion. And, and uh, you know, I could be wrong. I don't think I am, but I could be wrong. Play. The uh, costume. Oops, sorry. Move that out of the way. Costume play. Put those together, you get cosplay. Play is a verb. It's something you do. It is an action. Costume is a noun. It's a person, place, or thing. Right? So when you build your wings, you craft all your armor, you buy your jumpsuit and put your patches on. In my opinion, you're not building a cosplay, you are making a costume. Now, when you go out into a convention, let's say, and you're posing with people and you're doing this and you're doing that, fine. That's cosplay because you're actually doing anything. They're doing something. People just use cosplay as a generic term for creating costumes and that just drives me up the wall and i don't know why i don't know know why it's it's grammatically incorrect but most people don't care about that anymore it just drives me insane because like oh look at my cosplay i'm looking at your costume and it's really well done yeah no i'm with you 100 percent, and that's one of the things that uh because ayla was heavy into that um, into the whole cosplay experience and uh, she dragged me to a uh, a gamacon uh, in Atlanta, and it was okay. I had fun taking pictures and stuff, um, but I didn't see... I didn't really have the passion for what they were going after, which right. was the <clears throat> sinking themselves that far into uh, their peers and their characters, because um, I've never I've never had an experience like that. Growing up, I, I've hinted a little bit and, and told you a little bit about growing up in Alaska. It was... So isolated. I didn't know 90% of the stuff that was out there until I got in the Navy. Like, well, I had the militant Pentecostal experience, which was during my formative years. And then before that, it was like on the homestead. I mean, literally, 
dad staked out 40 acres in the middle of Alaska, and we would go up there on the weekends and live in the cabin with no electricity. We had a 12-volt battery. A radio. Yeah. And a radio that was hooked up. We could listen to Dr. Demento in Fairbanks. That was like 110 miles away. We'd pick up it on the, on the antenna that we stuck out of the roof. And I would record that. That was my only mechanism for anything that was anything out of 50s and 60s or classical music. Because that's all we had. Log cabin, and that's it. Peg and Tech, I grew up on a farm in West Virginia, out in the hills, you know, an hour from anywhere. And that sounds horrible to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the time, it was life. So I didn't yeah, have well, a true. horrible yeah, or yeah. not... You it didn't was, have it a, was just the way it was. There was no other frame of reference. It's just it was what right. it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then when I, I got into the Navy, right out of the high school experience and the, that militant Pentecostal, I got into the Navy. It was a culture shock because oh, yeah. suddenly I'm learning about this modern music that I've never heard before. Paula Abdul. Who the hell is this? Madonna person? What is that? The, the mother of Christ, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I'm really not exposed to anything that i'm right. suddenly thrust into in yeah. the navy and that the the navy experience was very what's a good term for it no it's not eye-opening it was very uh mainstream yeah. i didn't have there wasn't any exposure to any alternate um thoughts or theories or anything like that the closest i got was uh i found a guy a couple of guys on the ship who introduced me to uh rpg Oh, cool. Specifically, riffs. Oh, now, I never got into D and D because of the uh, brainwashing that I had growing up. Because D and D was satanic. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'd never really got into the the whole uh, swords and sorceries, anyways. Uh, so it wasn't really my game. But Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, that was the big RPG. But I just could not get into it because it was like it would just. Uh, I, I, it would make my skin crawl because that's how I'd been programmed for so yeah, long. Yeah. Riffs I could do because it was sciencey and 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 yeah, had a little bit of mystique. Yeah. And, yeah, it was it was yeah. cool. Um, so we did that, and that was my first exposure to alternate to something at all alternate thought. When I was I got my I bought my first comic book. I was probably eleven or twelve, and it was a GI Joe comic. And because I the reason I grabbed it was because. When I was younger, I'd had one of the what the twelve inch or whatever the eleven inch GI Joes, right? And that was like my favorite toy ever. And I was like, "Oh, cool, GI Joe comic book." So then I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute, I love comic books." So I started collecting GI Joe, and of course that led to this and that led to that, you know. And pretty soon I'm a comic book collector. When we moved down south, where with actual like comic book shops, because you know living up in the sticks in West Virginia, there wasn't any comic book shops around anywhere, <laughs> you know. Wasn't any music stores around, you know, so we moved to the, the, the big city, relatively speaking, and, uh, you know, suddenly it's, you know, comics and gaming, and I mean, literally, about a month after we moved down south, I met a kid, and he's like, oh, here, I've got an extra copy of this you can have, and it was uh, Dungeons and Dragons, you know, second or third edition or whatever, the hard, you know, the classic hardback, you know, player's handbook. <laughs> At which my mom was not thrilled about, by the way, because, you know, Satanic <laughs> I, Panic. I yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she wasn't thrilled about that at all. But anyway, um, so yeah, once I once I got down here and then, you know, I was collecting comic books and, you know, oh, love Star Trek, you know, Star Trek. Then I went to my first convention and it's just like, like you said, 
oh, man, okay, these are my people. Because, you know, you right. can stand in any random line, and if you're standing in line to get Jeanette Goldstein's autograph from Aliens, you know everybody in that line is going to be a fan of either hers and or the movie that she was in. You know, strike up an easy conversation. Randomly walking through, and that's, to me, that was the weird thing. You're randomly walking through, and somebody's like, oh, I dig your T-shirt. Oh, man, what a cool costume. What this and that. You know, because I hadn't really experienced anything like that before. You know, it was just like, oh, well, oh, thanks. Random stranger in a, you know, and off they went. It was just, it didn't freak me out. It just took me a while to get used to because it was just not anything that I had experienced really, you know. And a buddy of mine who has since passed away here in Pittsburgh, he was all about the local music scene. Even to the day he died, he was all about the local music scene. The punk shows, the, you know, the, the, the death metal shows that would come through. And he was just dumbfounded that I had never done this stuff when I was a kid. I was like, okay, well, let's let's take it into consideration. I grew up in the hills in West Virginia, moved to Augusta, which, let's be honest, not a lot of punk shows coming through town, not a lot of metal shows coming through town, you know. Um, so, and, and then, you know, when I got to a certain age, of course, we would go to Atlanta or Columbia or Charlotte to see the big shows. I did because, like you know, he was he lived in the city, so he could hop a bus, go down to the Civic Arena and see the big shows, or hop a bus, or walk down the block and go to one of the little you know hole in the wall venues and see these punk shows that would come through and see you know he got to meet Metallica when they played when they were just like nobodies you know they were opening for somebody and they were hanging out and Jamie was like hey how are you guys doing got to hang out with them and, and all this stuff you know I didn't have those experiences because I you know it just wasn't. Like you said, just wasn't in my wheelhouse, wasn't in my, uh, it wasn't the environment right. that I grew up in, you know? Yeah. Um, but, um, I mean, and that's part of the, that's part of the fun of it too. When you, when you gather a lot of the clans, whether your fandom is anime or whether your fandom is, uh, Transformers or whether your fandom is whatever it is, you know, you can, you can hang out and you can talk shop with these people and you know that in most cases, Excuse me. They're going to have, if not an opinion on it, they're going to know what you're talking about and be able to converse with you in that language, which is that's cool. Uh, which is just awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think at Comic Con when I went there in Atlanta, it was very anime heavy. I, I think there it was, was like strictly very, anime. Con, yeah. Con so, and that's yeah. not something that I've never really delved into. Yeah. Never really found a fascination with. So I was, I was also the dad mm-hmm. you know the third wheel of 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 the daughter and and a couple of her friends and they're just we're bouncing boing 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 and they're i don't know what they what did they dress up that year as i don't know something yeah. stupid uh, uh, but well you know it was meaningful for them but i right, didn't really right. i i wasn't i wasn't impressed because she was just sinking so much of her uh <clears throat> energy into it it was it was a little overwhelming um and it was fine because it's just like anything else you you go through a phase and suddenly you're not uh not doing attack on titan every day (laughs) (laughs) um but it was so anime heavy that i didn't really have a point of reference every now and then i'd see some doctor who you know roll through and strike up a conversation with them and take a picture and things like that but really it was just so anime heavy and there was Boards that were anime and panels that anime, and I'm like, okay. I had a where's my phone? <laughs> <laughs> I had a very very similar uh, experience at uh, Steel City Con. Uh, a friend of mine uh, lives up here. His name is JJ. 
he is a he's got his own uh it's called mega road toys or something like that it's all imported japanese anime toys he goes to japan two three four times a year shops these things talks to distributors blah 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 and he gets all these shipments directly from japan like all the time so that's he goes to conventions like all over from atlanta all the way up to like uh like new york i mean like the eastern seaboard that's like what he does right so uh, the little local convention is is a no-brainer for him because it doesn't cost him anything to travel there you know it costs him the cost of the table to set up and then other than that it's all profit because i mean you know he's only got to travel like a half an hour to get to the venue so he was like, hey, I'm going to be at Steel City Con all weekend. You know, do you want to, I'll, I'll pay you, you know, do you want to help, you know, uh, babysit the booth? I'm like, yeah, sure. I, you know, that's fine. So I went over there. Now, and again, all of his stuff, it's completely anime. And I'd get these, first of all, the people watching is, is hilarious, but I'd get these, I get these uh, kids. I don't want to say kids are younger than me, but kids mostly. Hey, do you guys have the blah, blah, yakety, schmackety, this, that, this, that? And I'm like, fuck, I don't know. I was like, you're going to have to talk to that guy over there. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I'm just here to make sure you don't steal anything. That's what I'm yeah, here for. Right. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's I, what it was. I'm the hired muscle. <laughs> yeah, he was like, well, this, I'm like, look, I, I, I will never retain all of this, so there's no point in trying to regale me with all this because I will never remember it ever. I'll just keep an eye out if I have questions. I will, if they have questions, I will refer them to you. If I have questions, I will ask you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that was, this uh, is the fifth edition. It's very special because yeah. it actually was pressed yeah. with a camel toe. I mean, and... <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, uh, no, um, but, you know, they had like, you know, the big thing was these belts. Like it looked like a WWE, like a wrestling belt. That was like the hot thing then. I'm like, I just, you know, again, not my demographic, but I just, I don't get it. Maybe I'm just the old guy, right. and I just yeah. don't get it, which no. is fine, you know. But it, like, like you said, yeah. though, you know, you get the, you get the old school Star Trek, you know, costumes wandering by. You're like, oh, cool, you know. You strike up a conversation with them. Hey, Richard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't die. See a cool, yeah, really. See a cool Star Wars, uh, you know, costume here and there. You know, oh, nice lightsaber, blah blah blah. You know, so you know, you got to see sort of. The uh, the uh, bulk of people wandering by, at least you know, if you're if you're uh, in one place, you get to watch people wander by, and you can pick out, oh, nice costume, this and that, and the other thing, you know. Hey, you need to have more clothes on. Hey, you need to have less clothes on. You know that sort that's of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's one of the the big things because I, I love going to to Penzik. as you guys know, the swords and sorcery fantasy that I'm all about. You know, medieval England, essentially, I love it. But I, you know, I've missed doing that because uh, actually I was going to skip Penzik last year, and I was going to go to Dragon Con. I was gonna, I was gonna room with uh, Pat and his wife, and um, about <laughs> about two months into the pandemic, I get a call and it's Pat. I'm like, "Hey, dude, what's up?" He's like, uh, you know, we're, you know, kind of on the fence about going, you know, traveling this and that." I'm like, "Yeah, me too." And then, like, two weeks later, it's like, you know, death, destruction, mayhem. I got another call. He's like, yeah, we're not going. I'm like, no, I wasn't going to go anyway. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> like, no, no. So, and this year is even still up in the air because Penzik's already been postponed this year. They've already they've already called it. 
So I wouldn't be at all surprised. Well, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of, it's up in the air for for uh, Dragon Con still. I'd love to go. And now that I know that Pensacola is going to happen, I could probably swing it. I could just drive down there. But again, I they may or may not even do Dragon Con this year, or it may be sort of a limited capacity thing, and it may be impossible to get a ticket. You know, if you're not like yeah. a like a was it the not I, I want to say season ticket holder, but that's not right. The uh, lifetime memberships or whatever. You know, oh yeah, because yeah, the lifetimers are probably probably all be able to go. But anyway, um, all right. Well, see, this has actually turned into quite the uh, quite the conversation. Um, sure. Why don't we? Uh, well, it's after eleven p.m. Actually, it's almost eleven thirty. Uh, do we want to call it, make our plugs, and say our goodbyes? I think so. All right. Uh, so, uh, Green, uh, what you got for us? Is your oh. turn in the spotlight? Oh, well, don't turn that light on too much. I don't want to blind people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like I was saying earlier, I'm going to be doing. Uh, I'm going back to some more action-based streaming. Getting back in Warframe. Diving into Cyberpunk. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, 77. I'm really enjoying um, doing chat chat stream. Those are fun. The, the past couple of months, I've had one thing after another, and I just yeah. have not been able to stream any degree of regular. So I'm hoping. I'll be uh, streaming again regularly next week. That would be at twitch.tv forward slash the green bear. Come well, up and see me some. Come up and see me sometime. Well, let's hope all of your uh, maladies yeah. uh, are uh, keep, <laughs> are kept at bay so you can actually do some yeah. streaming here. All right, Pagan Tech. Well, you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash Pagan Tech, P A G A N T E K. Uh, I'm just going to try to stream whatever I can stream. And the reason I say that is because there's no telling what my video card is going to be able to handle. Um, it's going to be science or some space stuff or flight sim stuff or something, whatever I can get to work. Uh, my go-to right now is Kerbal, um, just because I absolutely love doing Kerbal space program. It's fun stuff. So it's kind of video video card roulette when you're when you're playing, in other words. Pretty much. I never know what uh, game is going to call into that upper memory register, but usually it's one of the higher-end games that has a lot of graphics. Yeah. Or is DirectX 11, I think, is, is really where that call is made. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed for you for getting a new video card. And at the same time, I will keep my eyes open on uh, Micro Center up in Cleveland. And if they happen to get some in, I'll, uh, I'll give you the high sign. And then maybe, yeah. we can, uh, maybe we can coordinate and get you another video card, sir. Another video. Heck yeah, sixty eight hundred XT. That's XT. Uh, that's my dream card. That's, that's the one. Yep. Okay, I will I will keep that in yep. mind. Uh, so Appreciate for uh, for me, uh, that's uh, stnradio.com. Uh, I'm not twenty four hours yet, but I do broadcast on Wednesday evenings, Friday evenings starting at uh, six, uh, Saturday starting at seven, and Sundays are a good time. Uh, Sundays eleven to one, and then sometimes I'll throw something on after the brunch with the Beatles. And then Sunday evening at six is the is two hours of heavy metal with myself and Jerry Formal, and then after that, I run this show. So which is nice because I just push the button and then I go and do whatever I want. So, <laughs> but um, okay, well uh, this has been fun. Oh, and uh, uh, you haven't heard Jerry because Jerry had to duck out after the first segment. Uh, so, but he will be back as far as I know next week. I think everybody will be back next week. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. As far as I'm aware. Earlier, I'm going to be out of town next week. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. okay. So it may just be the three of us, and then I'll see if maybe I can get a uh, see if we can maybe recruit a guest uh, guest star in here for uh, 
for a couple hour segment. I'm good just, with that. Uh, just BS yeah. with them. But uh, all right. Well, uh, for the people listening on STN Radio, uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for sticking in there. Hope you've enjoyed the conversation, and uh, we will see you next week, same bat time, same bat station. Did you say fat? Everybody station? on bat, bat, fat. <laughs> Bat no, we're already station. there at the fat station. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, thanks to anybody who is actually catching me on uh, Twitch.tv. I appreciate it, and I will see you next time. See you later.